The concept of health is something that we've been trying to contextualize and define for centuries now. But contrary to what you might think, the idea of health and what is healthy has been constantly evolving. And now with the added pressure and complexity of social media and the digital space, how you and I define and view health has probably changed. And these words underpin so many of our opinions and attitudes towards ourselves and others. So shall we get on to ask, what is health? Eyes wide open, mind racing with existential questions and every mildly embarrassing thing you've done in your life. Oh, fellow overthinker, I understand. But don't worry, I'm here to talk to you about it. I'll indulge the overthinking. I know there's some existential questions about science and health that are keeping you awake at night. But they don't have to be. I, Mim, student nutritionist and medical writer, will be coming on here every Monday to talk to experts like Dr. Giles Yo, Dr. Raghav Sharma and Nina Abed to answer those big questions that you and I have. And that will be season four, The Big Questions. Now let's get on to this episode. Enjoy. I don't know about you, but when I was 15 and sitting in my science lessons, I was taught that health was simply the absence of disease. About eight years later, I feel like that's not a complete or accurate definition at all. There is so much more. Now, this topic probably sounds really niche, but the word and ideas surrounding health are what shapes how we go about achieving a healthy lifestyle. So in my humble opinion, it's pretty important that we get that definition as correct as it can possibly be. On top of that, our knowledge landscape has dramatically shifted. You are probably listening to this episode on your phone, on your way to uni or work or something like that. And that's relatively a new advancement. I mean, you weren't driving to work 15 years ago listening to a podcast. I mean, you might have been. Some people definitely were, but not as much as now. But yes, I personally spend my nights scrolling on TikTok and absorbing all the randomness that I watch, including light fun videos, but also a lot of healthy lifestyle and science educational stuff too. The fact that a platform like TikTok exists has expanded my knowledge landscape. And while that is a positive thing, it's really easy to fall into a rabbit hole of misinformation and then have viewpoints shaped by dodgy info. But like I said in this season's introductory episode, we need to take a look at the past to see how we've come to this and how this has now affected our relationship with the concept of health. Surprisingly, ancient Greek, Indian and Chinese views on health were all quite similar. There was a focus on balance and I don't mean it in the sense of, you know, have a balanced diet. It was more about speaking to a functional balance between oneself and the environment. In the eyes of ancient Greece, it was finding that unity of the soul and the body and this idea of the natural origins of disease. The interesting part is that, of course, there was this idea that your health was internal. So your optimal health comes from things like proper functioning of your organs. But on top of that, there was an emphasis on environmental and community harmony as something that can impact your health as well, particularly your mental health. 
We've all heard the phrase, a healthy mind is a healthy body, and it actually comes from this Greek idea, particularly Aristotle's teaching that we, humans, are very social creatures by nature. We live in communities, we have duties towards each other, and we abide by a certain ethical code of conduct for the betterment of society. His idea was that social interaction is integral for proper mental and physical health. And you know what? He isn't wrong. I'm not sure the exact scientific ways Aristotle proposed that social interactions affected our health, but to be honest, they were probably 100% wrong. (laughs) But what we do know is that connecting with others, with other people, is so important and is a value that, for example, the NHS really heavily relies upon. The reason I suggested that all these societies viewing health in this way is surprising is because, well, I don't think all of our modern societies have clutched onto all of these different factors of health in the same way. In my opinion, from a Western point of view, mental health, while it is something that we discuss, physical health is still seen as more important. And the idea of social interaction, especially when it comes to somewhere like London where I'm living, isn't as present as, for example, in Bangladeshi culture. It's clear that our views of health have evolved, but how these concepts have evolved was determined by the development of different social and political ideologies. By the Middle Ages, the key factors that impacted individual health were generally agreed upon. The basics like diet, exercise were deemed important and there was some understanding of the role of genetics. Though, of course, it wasn't known as genetics back then, nor was it this super subcellular level of information that we have now. There also seemed to be a general consensus on how different seasons can impact your mind and body too, though one area that seemed to be debated was how spirituality can impact health as well and so-called involvement of the soul, but that's something we'll get into a bit later in this episode. So now we're in the Middle Ages and the focus has shifted from defining and understanding what health is to actually providing healthcare to those who needed it. In the West, particularly after the fall of the Roman Empire, healthcare provision was left to the church. There was this Christian sense of duty and care and the church acted as a way of preserving the teachings of Galen and Hippocrates as well as the re-emergence of, you know, finding herbs and remedies to build medicinal knowledge. This all sounds great, but it was combined with a resistance to contemporary ideas and ideas from other societies. Rhazes was one of the greatest physicians in medieval Iran and actually followed certain teachings of Galen and Hippocrates, but combined it with his own clinical knowledge. Even though his ideas were influenced by these Greek teachings, he actually rejected a lot of them and further taught medicine based on his observations. Some even say that this was the beginning of practicing evidence-based medicine, but to be honest, I'll leave that up to you to decide. I don't exactly know how I feel about that. Regardless, his view on health was very much based on his clinical observations, combined with more philosophical aspects too. The idea is that eventually his perspective did have a huge impact on Western medicine, particularly on things like measles and paediatric knowledge, but it took some time because of the church's resistance to any ideas that opposed Galen. It was so much so that it was considered blasphemy to reject these ideas. So I think it's safe to say that the Western view of health in this time period evolved from philosophical teachings and while resistant to new ideas, served as a way to preserve ancient traditions and thought though it may have hindered progress. I 
can definitely see how this was the case. In medieval Iran, for example, there were a lot more hospitals than in the UK, I guess. And this is because that society allowed for the development of new ideas, whereas the West did not have that kind of adaptability. The idea of treating others as a Christian way of duty was really what underpinned the attitudes in Western Europe. I would love to learn more about how the cultures viewed health during this time. So if you have any thoughts, please DM me on Instagram or drop me an email and I'd love to chat. But after this, we go into the era of the Industrial Revolution. The Industrial Revolution saw massive changes in society, urbanization, modernization, new social classes, harsh working conditions. It was just a lot. Health was now seen as an economic commodity and optimizing physical health was integral to generating fat profits. Given that by this point, the idea that health was intimately linked to social connections and our environment, you would think that working conditions would be better and more aligned to optimizing physical health, but nope, that definitely did not happen. Working conditions during the early industrial revolution were awful and seemingly stemmed from this survival of the fittest idea. I know you've heard of this idea before. I am probably you need out of it. I say you need out. I mean, I've learned it, learned it all throughout my schooling. But this is, you know, Darwin's theory that in any given environment, the species that is most adapted and therefore fit will survive. And yeah, that's exactly how people were treated at the time. Health and the onset of disease was increasingly seen as an individual responsibility. And well, if you couldn't hack the working conditions at the factory you worked at, it's because you personally were too weak to handle that environment. Not that the environment wasn't fit for you, you were not fit for it. That approach was, thank God, eventually modified to reflect how the environments needed to be adapted to optimize health for that specific community or that individual. In this case, it was workers. Though, I still believe that the individualism that arose from the Industrial Revolution underpins our modern understanding of health. Today, we don't really see health as just merely the absence of disease. We recognize that there are so many more dimensions and physical health isn't just one aspect, or I would hope that we recognize that anyway. I'll be honest with you, pinpointing an exact definition is like trying to find toilet roll in 2020. I simply couldn't find any. I mean, that might not be the most honest thing actually because the World Health Organization do have their own definition, which states that health is a state of complete physical, mental and social well-being and not merely the absence of disease and infirmity. I like this definition. It accounts for the multiple dimensions of health, has a focus on self-fulfillment and is quite dynamic. It doesn't lend to the idea that because you have a certain disease, you are immediately unhealthy, which is something that I'm, I feel very strongly about. I don't think that because you have a disease, you should automatically be deemed unhealthy. And that is what I feel like what I was taught at secondary school definitely could have led to. However, some argue that there are huge things missing from this definition, namely that it doesn't mention adaptability. Hear me out. More recently, the idea of resilience, being able to adapt and self-manage when going through a social or a bad social, physical and emotional situation has come to the forefront. 
Now, me, I've always heard the term emotional resilience, um, especially, you know, when I was doing medical writing as a full-time job. I've always heard that, you know, you try to build your emotional resilience so that you can handle stressful situations better and so that you are less likely to suffer from poorer mental health. So the idea that this can be applied to physical health really interested me. Though honestly, how would you go about it? I'm not sure. Physical resilience is absolutely a thing. It's defined as the ability to optimize or recover in response to physical stresses like disease or injury. Usually this declines with age and it does overlap with things like emotional resilience. But I'm not gonna go into how you can build that because honestly that could be an episode on its own. But I think it does show what we view health as now. We definitely view health in totality, right? We acknowledge that there are loads of factors that make up health and we have a relatively new concept of total health or whole health. Again, this is a concept that has been quite new to me because this is something that I've worked with a little bit more when I was in my medical writing job. Now, these concepts consider the physical, emotional and mental aspects contributing to health alongside social and spirituality. Now, earlier I mentioned the involvement of the soul. Now, whether you believe we have a soul or not, that's completely up to you. But I think in ancient Greece, it was definitely a belief that we had a soul and that linked to our sense of fulfillment. And I think now when we think about spirituality and how it links to our well-being, it's not necessarily that you follow a religion per se, but it's that you have this intrinsic value, right? This intrinsic desire to want to feel fulfilled. The idea is that you want to feel fulfilled and that you want to feel happy in yourself. And that's where the attribution of spirituality comes from. So it's not necessarily the soul or the unity between the soul and the mind. But that ancient idea is still something that we recognize as important today, just in a little bit of a modern sense, right? Again, like you don't have to believe in the soul, but you do want to have a self-fulfilling life. Now, despite the fact that we have this social and spiritual aspect that we now consider, and also mental and emotional aspect that we consider when we talk about health, we still have this sense of individualism in our ever-evolving concept of health. And I argue that in a digital world, and with the advent of social media, it has only deepened that. So I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. So that we can continue making great episodes like this, please consider supporting us over on Ko-fi. Link is in the show notes. The existence of this new digital society fundamentally changes how information is presented, analysed and delivered to you and I. As a result, you and I take on huge amounts of information in a short amount of time. And we can easily form these half-baked opinions and share them with thousands of people. I know you wouldn't share a misinformed opinion, but trust me, some do. Anyway, all this content impacts what we view as important to our health, which can sometimes be at odds with official advice. We take in all these diverse perspectives and there will be some things that we agree with and some things we don't. We go and then try to fit these things that we believe to be true into our lives and hope that they work. Now, I'm not one to tell you what to think, but by now, you know that most of the stuff online is not helpful. It's clickbaity and probably will make it harder for us than easier. The interesting thing though, 
is not a lot of this information is new. I always come back to the example of the keto diet because I have beef with this specific one. But yes, the keto diet was super popular around four or five years ago. But really, in my opinion, it's essentially a repackaged Atkins diet. If you don't know what the Atkins diet is, it's essentially a low carb diet developed by Dr. Robert Atkin. This was back in the 1960s. He was a cardiologist and it became quite popular in the 90s for the goal of weight loss. I know these diets are different, but their principles are similar and these have just been presented to us in a new way. So how does this link back to the digital environment? Well, it comes back to that accessibility of information. We have all this knowledge available to us, which is great, but we might lack the skills to sift through all that information and determine what is evidence-based and what is truly safe and realistic for us to integrate into our lives. We're in this weird situation where opinions change like, I don't know if you got that, I snapped my fingers, and we have to continuously refine our critical thinking so that we can beat the BS. Fun fact, I originally wanted that to be the name of the podcast, but we didn't go through with it because we didn't want to have any explicit words, but oh well. I think it's safe to say that we all have this general idea of what constitutes the concept of health, you know, physical and mental well-being, etc. But what's changed now in the modern digital society is that we're constantly being fed this new information as to what comprises as good health or good mental health, and it gets confusing very quickly. I started my nutrition masters last week, and one of the things my course lead said was that everyone will have an opinion on nutrition because everyone eats. Almost all of these opinions will be wrong. And when reflecting on that, I feel like this can also be applied to a lot of the things we see online when we're talking about health. How do we navigate this issue? I'm not entirely sure I have the answer. To be honest, I think you're already doing the right thing by listening to this podcast. But other than that, I think it's about finding good sources of information and being able to trust the experts. We can't know everything at the end of the day, right? But I think that's where I'll leave it for today's episode. Our ideas of health have dramatically shifted over the last centuries and it comes down to simple factors like physical health and mental well-being working together with social connection and spirituality to gain this total sense of self-fulfillment. I hope that this little history lesson has been interesting to you and make sure to let me know over on the socials what factors you consider to be important for total health. Until next week... Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Go ahead and leave a review and rate us, hopefully, five stars on wherever you're listening from. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram, TikTok, and head over to thegrowthmedium.com for more detailed information pieces. See you next week for another episode. Bye.